Welcome to the International Space Training Center. You're here today to train for the greatest adventure in the history of mankind, the exploration of deep space. Did you remember to turn off those robots? Hey there, big fella. Hey, nice hat. <laughs> so, where are you from? It is my job to protect all the animals of this reserve. That is why I ask you, all of you, to please join us in our battle against poaching. Ladies and gentlemen, Cosmic Ray is proud to present the biggest little star in the galaxy. Direct from Unork City on the planet Zork, put your hands together for... W Radio. Your information station. Hello everybody and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 292 for the week of September 16th, 2012. I'm here to help you have the best vacation Disney experience possible and bring you a little bit of Disney magic to whenever and wherever you are with this podcast, videos, blog, live broadcast, events, and much more. You can find it all over at www.radio.com. So I'm going to open up the inbox this week and answer some of your Walt Disney World vacation planning, history, trivia, and other questions. Topics we'll cover this week include the Walt Disney World Marathon Weekend Events, Captain EO, Backstage Tours, Disney Transportation, Dining Recommendations in Walt Disney World and Disneyland, some favorite Walt Disney World books, and non-Disney background music in the parks. We'll also talk about some nostalgic Disney Channel shows about the Disney parks, and I'll pose a question of the week for you to weigh in on as well. Then you can test your knowledge of Walt Disney World and answer our trivia question of the week to win a Disney prize package. I'll then have a couple of quick announcements about upcoming events, our next Disney charity auction coming up in just a couple weeks, and some more that's coming soon. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. One of the main goals of this show is not just giving me an excuse to eat in Walt Disney World, but really trying to help you get the most out of your Walt Disney World vacation by learning more and understanding and highlighting some of those stories, details, maybe the history or experiences even that you may have missed. But I also like helping you individually and as sort of a community as a whole, because I think the best way to help is by hearing and responding to questions directly from you and answering them and sharing them with others on the show because I think others probably have similar questions as well. So joining me again this week as I open up the inbox is someone else who loves helping people plan and maximize their enjoyment of their vacations as well. She's a woman who thinks that roughing it on vacation means there's no concierge lounge, she's never seen the Rocketeer, and she thinks the only thing missing from the Magic Kingdom is a lounge. She is Becky Mankin from MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. <laughs> wow. Um, how do I follow it's up that? It's funny because it's true. And, uh, sadly, <laughs> you're right. 
I don't even know how to follow that up. I you really don't, don't have to because we've got so many questions and I feel so bad because I, I try and get these questions answered as quickly as possible. We've got a ton to get through today. And of course, I'm going to start off with a question that just happens to be somewhat about food because Randy go. writes in and says, hey, Lou, do you know if Walt Disney World is going to offer free dining plans in September as in the past? Becky? Good news, obviously. Uh, great news. Good. This is great news. Exactly. And it's it's about dining, so it's about food, so that works. Free dining is available now um, for most nights staying from September 30th till December 20th. Now, there are some blackout dates in there depending on holidays and so forth, but generally most nights in that date range. But you need to book by September 29th, 2012 obviously. Um, I do have a couple little tips for those of you who are always thinking about free dining because it's something that they do pretty consistently over the past few years. And even if you book when an offer isn't out, you can still usually apply new codes that come out. So let's say right now it's not available that you are hoping that free dining comes out, book it. That way you can hold your space, you can get the hotel and the room type you want, and then later on, when an offer comes out, apply the code, do the savings, get the deal. It's a win-win. Um, something else to keep in mind, though, a lot of people are always after the free dining offer. However, remember that rooms are always at the retail rate. They're not discounted. So depending on your needs, there might be another offer that's out there where you can apply a room discount and it might actually be better even if you're buying your own food. So it really helps to sit down with, here's the shameless plug, a vacation planner that specializes in Disney and really look at all of the detail of your vacation and compare. Because the deal, even though the word free is standing there, might not be the best deal for your family or your vacation. Yeah, it really depends on how you travel and honestly how you eat, you know, how you eat around mm -hmm. the park. Uh you know, free dining, I think, comes at such a great time of year because if you are a food person, not only do you have free dining for most nights now, but Food and Wine Festival is just about to start as well, too. You've got Halloween. You've got the holiday decorations coming. So, But again, you're right. You may want to balance between if, you, if you're just going to spend your time, as I do for most nights, grazing through the World Showcase Promenade, not doing sit-down meals. Maybe free dining isn't the best thing for you. But if hey. you want to have some nice meals, depending on where you want to stay, you got to sort of run the numbers and do the math. Exactly. And one other quick thing is that if you are looking to book during those dining periods or during food and wine, be sure that you pre-book your dining reservations because it can really be a little difficult to find availability if you wait until you get on site during those free dining periods. And my little tip is that if you are planning on going to food and wine and you love dining, free or otherwise, boardwalk, beach club, yacht club, all within walking distance of the World Showcase Promenade or at the end of the evening, stumbling, crawling, <laughs> food coma, sleeping your way back to your room. So true. All right, let's move on. The next question comes from Lizzie Elizabeth Musselwhite. And she says, hey, Lou, I've been listening to WDW Radio for a couple of years now, and it makes my week. I've recently been thinking about trying to train for a half marathon. You are halfway there, Lizzie. I've never done one before. In fact, I probably couldn't run a mile right now unless I was being chased or in my case, running for food. I looked up Disney half marathons because I know that, if, that I'm, if I'm going to need a goal to keep myself going and the wine and dine in November, that sounds great. So what I'm wondering, though, is how does one go about signing up for a Disney half marathon and what's included in the reservation? 
since Disney can be a little on the expensive side, what would you recommend as far as hotel reservations, registrations, etc., for someone who wants to make the most of the Disney weekend trip on a budget? Also, how does someone join the WWE Radio running team and what does the team do? Does the team ever meet and will they be in the race? Thanks for all your hard work and keeping us all connected to the Disney spirit, Lizzie. Lizzie, first of all, uh, and to you and anybody else who's even starting to think about the Disney marathon, half marathon, wine and dine, Tower of Terror, 5K, whatever it may be, I'm serious when I say thinking about doing it and registering is the hardest part. You know, deciding to sort of get off the couch and onto the course is the hardest part. I can tell you, I did it in 2008. I have tiny little legs and I was able to finish a half marathon (laughs) and it was one of the best Disney experiences I have ever had. And I've literally been to Disney thousands of times in the past 40 years. Um, As far as registering for one of these events or more than one event, you can visit rundisney.com. They make it very, very easy for you. There you can register for the January 2013 Walt Disney World Marathon. Uh, If you're thinking about doing something in January, you might want to register sooner rather than later because the Goofy, which is a race and a half, it's a half marathon on Saturday, full marathon on Sunday, hence the name Goofy. That's already 90% full. The full marathon is 85% full. The half marathon is about 80% full. And the Family Fun Run 5K is 54% full. Wow. What I'm going to do is I'm going to put in the show notes in this week's uh, podcast over at WDWRadio.com. I'm going to put a link in to some Walt Disney World Marathon prep shows, things that uh, we do and we share both for the running team and anybody who's thinking about it. If you're think if you're considering participating in one of those events, uh, you as far as the running team is concerned, uh, we started the running team a number of years ago, which is a way to let all of us who are runners who love Disney or Disney fans who are just starting to get into these kind of events, sort of a a community where we can do things together and all for a good cause. Uh, If you've listened to the show in the past, you know that our dream team project to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America is incredibly important, incredibly personal to me. And to date, we've raised uh, over $250,000 for Make-A-Wish. And one of the big ways we do that is through the running team. All we ask for you to be a part of the team is that you uh, commit to donate or raise $100 over the course of the year, however you want to do it. You don't have to have that before any of the events take place. And to be part of the team, for $35, you get a certificate, a headband, uh, a very cool WW Radio blue wicking shirt. We have a lot of coaching online. We also have one-on-one coaching for you as well, too, from some of the people who are serious like hardcore runners uh, like Joe and Happy and a lot of the other people on the site and it really is mostly not just about helping make a wish but having fun together as well we meet up before the races we meet up at the corrals we line the course cheering people on we even get Becky out onto the course I mean not actually running yet but we'll get to that but we're there to cheer you on we're there to help you and it really is a fun sort of community thing we normally meet up uh after the events as well too you can visit wdwradio.com slash running for more information and speaking of 2013 uh i did my half marathon i checked it off the list but i think becky and we've talked about this in the past you know even from a spectator perspective what an amazing event that weekend has become marathon weekend has become a fun destination weekend 
not just for runners, but for Disney fans. And I think sometimes that people hear half marathon, they think training, shoes, equipment, uh, you know, medical issues, whatever it may be. And that may be sort of a too deep of a pool to sort of dip your toe in if you just want to start running. So I said that starting in 2013, I'm going to start doing the family fun run 5Ks during marathon weekend. Not because I want to get out there and run it and try and win it, but I want as many people as possible to participate. I want them to come out, be part of the team, whether you want to join the running team or not, and we will do it together. We will have fun. We will run, we'll jog, we'll wog, we'll walk. If you're in a wheelchair, <laughs> man, I will push you if I have to, because I really, really? want to, yes, not you, but you can't know. <laughs> oh, I, I had a feeling that you were going to like bug you out You can't on do that it one, in but... a scooter, Becky, um, but- I want it to be a really fun event for all of us. And you know, like, you ever see some of the serious, like, hardcore runners? They've got, like, their util- like their Batman utility belts, and they've right. got, like, the juice and the, the chew energy things and the all, I don't even know what they've got. Well, I'm going to have my own utility belt for us as well, too. But mine's really? going to have, like, Krispy Kreme donuts and Doritos <laughs> and, it, yeah, Mountain Dew. Vines? And what? Red Vines. Red I'll vines? have whatever you need. And we will, okay. I'm telling you, it will be so much fun it is definitely worth it uh if you are interested in registering for any of those events you asked about what you get as part of the package obviously you get um your entry fees which i believe are um i believe right now for the half or the full is about 180 or so you get a shirt you get a goodie bag you get to go to the expo which is a lot of fun too sort of a uh before the, the couple of days before marathon weekend they have this great expo at wide world of sports too and when you finish and you will finish lizzie i promise you you get a sweet sweet medal this year 20th anniversary medal it spins it dances it's awesome nice very cool. I, and you are so right that it's become a really amazing event for runners and non-runners alike. And I've been kind of sucked into this whole marathon thing over the past few years of cheering and standing on the sidelines, obviously. Yes, you're right. I've never registered for a run. Shocking. I know. you, But your enthusiasm, of course, makes it a little easier to look at that 5K. I haven't done it yet. We can talk. <laughs> we'll talk. We'll Come see. Come on. You're in. You, well, listen, you really don't have a choice at this point. You're in. <laughs> Wow. But what's really amazing, though, is that there are so many people who have concerns about doing a 5K. And I have seen a lot of my friends, a lot of my Disney fan um, people that are mouse fan people, uh, clients of ours who've taken on this challenge and just loved it and got through the 5K and said, "Okay, I did this. I accomplished this. And now I'm going to do the half next year. So, you know, Huge kudos to the people who take those steps and, like you said, making that initial decision just to do it. So I'm kind of sitting on the fence. And again, we'll talk. We'll see. Listen, <laughs> if you've walked a day in the Magic Kingdom, you've done a 5K and then some. It's not timed. You're not going to get swept. You're not going to, you know, I'm telling you, it will be an experience unlike anything you've had before. If you've dis- been to Disney before and think that you've done it all, being at and participating in whether you walk it, run it, cheer whatever it may be, Marathon Weekend is something unlike anything else throughout the year. Really excited for that. And of course, she asked one other question too. And I have to, of course, throw in this little tidbit as well. You can book the rooms as a standard package. You can book AP rates. You can book regular package rates if you need tickets. Um, but of course, because so many Disney fans uh, are, are participating in Marathon Weeks, we typically do have special group rates that are available on both coasts during the uh, the marathon season, which we do right now for both January and Princess. So really excited to see everybody. And again, 
we'll we'll talk. And if I get some support from some other people who might want to do this too, as their very first time of doing a 5K, I just might be persuaded. We'll eat along the way. How's that? Wow. <laughs> will you will you carry cupcakes for me? I could. I could do wow. that. I could like this. There's a lot of negotiation we can we can do here. Okay, we're gonna really. make this happen. I'm sure. All right, oh, let's move it. on. A lot more questions. This one comes from Anna Batty in England, and she says, "Dear Lou, I'm a big fan of the show. Been listening for about 18 months now, all the way in England." And Becky, I don't know why in 12 in 2012, I still think that is so cool that people listen from around the planet. Anyway, she says, my family and I go to Walt Disney World every year, by the way, God Save the Queen, and we are DVC members. I have just a few questions. We're going to hit these one at a time. First, as I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan, I was thrilled to find that Captain EO had been returned to Epcot last year. Is that permanent, or is Honey, I Shrunk the Audience returning? Will Captain EO still be there when I return later this year? Anna... All I can say is, Mama Say, Mama Sa, Mama Akusa, Captain EO should be back by the time you're there next year. I don't expect Honey, I Shrunk the Audience to return. Captain EO is back for a quote-unquote limited run, so we don't know when that limited time is going to be. But from what I understand, he should be around uh, moonwalking his way towards saving the universe with Oscar winner Angelica Houston uh, for the rest of the year. Becky, never seen Captain EO. All right. Once... I, oh my, I'm helping my dad book our trip to the world this year. She's only 16, she says. I was wondering if there was a way that I could see the availability of all the DVC resort hotels, Boardwalk, Old Key West. We're not 100% sure of the dates we're going, and it'll be helpful to see which hotels would be free to stay in when we go. Well, I know, um, Anna, you can now book online. If you go to the uh, Disney Vacation Club members page and log in there, you should be able to book online and check out some availability. So that should tell you uh, before you go what may be available when you are looking to go. Next, my brother, sister, and I want to do something special for our parents, but we're sort of stuck as to what to do. We're willing to pay. We don't really have a budget at the moment. But as it's my parents' anniversary, we want, it have, we want them to have a romantic night or something like that. Does Disney offer any packages like that? I was thinking about maybe a meal and fireworks. Do you know if that's any good and how to book it? Or do we have any other suggestions? And thank you so much for your help, Anna Batty over in England. So, Becky, a couple of questions. Does Disney have sort of sweetheart romantic packages like that? And if so, or if not, what are maybe some other things that we could suggest to them to let the kids do something for their parents to have a special romantic anniversary evening? You know, I'm going to go right back to our, our, the old reliables, the old, not old, but you know what I mean? (laughs) The reliable things that everybody does that, that is just surrounded with romance. And we always talk about uh, like a private, um, a fireworks cruise you can do out of to watch wishes or to watch illuminations. Um, if you're if you have a better budget or a higher budget, you can look at things like getting the grand one um, for a dinner and a wishes cruise. Just the two of them out there that you can cater um, food on board and they can you know run around the the lagoon and then you watch wishes. There are so many wonderful little gems like that that you can uh, that you can book that will really be romantic and nice for them. All the way to, you know, dinner at the good old standby of California Grill that we love so much if it's obviously reopened for your dates because aren't they closing? It's January. 
I think, for, for refurb um, through summer of 13, I believe. But if California Grill, Narcusis, um, you can watch Wishes from the restaurants. That is such a wonderful thing where they can have time together, have a wonderful meal, and then watch fireworks in the background. So those are the, the standbys that I usually go to for a romantic evening. Nothing says you? I love you like the Fixins Bar at Pecos Bills. I kid. Wow. I kid. But I think you're right. <laughs> because I think, uh, you know, Anna, depending on what you want to do, your budget, things like that. Look, you can do something as simple as if they're going out to dinner somewhere, you can call the restaurant ahead of time and say, hey, look, my mom and dad are coming after. Not necessarily that anything will be done, but you never know what kind of special treatment they might do. Even if it's right. just them walking in and say, oh, Mr. and Mrs. Batty, you know, happy, we understand it's your anniversary today, happy anniversary, or we got you a table by the window. Other things that I like that I think are somewhat off the radar, things like a carriage ride over at mm-hmm. um, the Port Orleans. You could take a, a carriage ride in the evening up and down the Sasagula River. Uh, I agree with you about some of the cruises and the fireworks and some of the evening things like that. A couple's massage, so, you know, taking, sending them, doing something for them that they wouldn't probably do right. for themselves. The other That's thing right. too is you can also give them an in-room celebration. You can you can contact the Disney Florist. I believe it's DisneyFlorist.com. They have a lot of special things they could do as well. Even something as simple as sending something to the room for them that's there when you get there, which is would be a nice treat for them as well too. So, and of course, I always ask this: if you're listening and you have done something like this in the past, or you have other suggestions, please leave them in the comments on this week's show notes as well over at WDWRadio.com. Cheese fries at Pecos Bills. Just saying. Anyway, <laughs> I was waiting for that. I was, I was actually waiting for corn dog on a garbage can. Move on. Listen, you know I'm a romantic guy, right? Wow. And it's usually with sure, you. Lou. And, and <laughs> I can be romantic. Um, all right. So, with best wishes from Claire and Colin Eastaw, they say, "Hey, Lou, my husband and I have booked our two-week honeymoon this fall at the World." Wow. Nice. We've been before, but want to make this trip extra special. See, it's always about making it a little sort of plussing it up and a true once in a lifetime vacation. So we we're thinking about doing some of the backstage tours. I think this is a great idea. The tours they were looking at was Backstage Magic. That's $219 for a seven hour tour through the Magic Kingdom, Hollywood Studios and Epcot with lunch and utility doors. The other is the Magic Behind the Steam Trains Tour. That's a three-hour tour and discussion, then a private ride on one of the Walt Disney World Railroad steam trains. The Inspiration Through Walt's Eyes Tours is $99. That's a three-hour tour. Gives you a lot of stories about Walt, his vision as you as you wandered through the parks. So the question is, is it worth doing all three or any? And have I got my facts right? We love trivia, histories, and the stories behind the magic. And this is a once-in-a-lifetime holiday. And these all really jumped out at us. Before we get to your next questions, the answer is yes, yes, and yes. Uh, I like all these tours. Uh, depending on how long that you are here for, look, you're here for two weeks, you can right. certainly fit, you know, put all three of those tours in. Backstage Magic, I did a number of years ago. I really need to do that one again. It's a seven-hour tour uh, that you, you visit three parks on property, but it is fantastic. Uh, you really want to... It doesn't spoil the magic, Becky. I think it gives you such a greater appreciation for what goes into what you see. You learn more about the stories and the details and the history. Magic Behind the Steam Trains, whether you are trained aficionado or not, that too is a great hour tour. It's only three hours. And I like the fact that they have a tour specific to... Walt and his legacy and his vision and how that plays into the park. So I think all these tours 
are very different. I certainly recommend all any or all three. Maybe you want to do two if you want to squeeze in all three, depending on uh, you know what your plans are. Because they're so varied, I think you'll get something out of each. Right, and I will tell you they're there for two weeks, so absolutely do all three. If you've got the budget, do it. The tours are especially good for guests who have been to Walt Disney World in the past and want the more unique and depth look at the parks and history, especially like you said, the detail. They are missing, of course, the Lumangello tour though, because there is that <laughs> special stop that can be hey corn dog on a garbage can just saying well i've um, actually started to include a citrus world adventure land as pretty much just a stop really? along our, our uh our, our tour of the magic kingdom so, so just fine. Sort of spend it a looks day like the magic kingdom it looks like i'm gonna have to book a tour with lou mangello to get my citrus <laughs> world food. is that what we're saying no but seriously um y- your tour is a fantastic tour from what i've heard too so guys you need to you know look at that one as well but um the tours are incredible and if you have that much time if you are interested in the in the backstage peaks all of the um the parks have great backstage uh peaks especially i love the ones at animal kingdom too yeah yeah and epcot yeah wow. and and look, there's tours where that are for ages 16 and up. There's other tours that the entire family can go to as well. There's tours in the Magic Kingdom that are shorter, like Keys to the Kingdom. You could look, you could do the behind the scenes tour over at the land. I mean, you could spend all two weeks doing nothing but Disney tours and never have the same experience twice. Yeah. So there is definitely a lot to do. And depending on what your interests may be, uh, look, you could do tours on Segways. You know, we we got the new. Uh, the new one, the, the new right. tour, the, the Keep Moving Forward tour in World Showcase, which is definitely on my radar to try. Um, they just need to put a tray on front of the Segway so I can put my, <laughs> you know, drinks and snacks. No and, good can come of that. <laughs> so, sorry, <laughs> they uh, they also really want to see, and you should at least once, Yeehaw Bob over at the River Roost Lounge at Port Orleans Riverside, and the Hoopty Doo musical review. I just took my son there for his birthday. We had a blast. It's a ton of fun. You, you can stick it to the man. Just eat so much chicken and ribs, you have no idea. All right. But they're worried about transportation. They're from the UK, and we drive on the wrong side of the road. No, I'm kidding. We're from the UK, and we don't feel confident driving on American roads. Oh, she, look, she says, you guys drive the wrong way around. So they're going <laughs> to use Disney first. transportation. It's probably best for everyone. Um, on our previous visit, we didn't have any problems, but we didn't resort hop too much, especially at night. We're staying at Coronado Springs Resort. Love it there. Try Rick's Lounge at night. It's a hidden gem. And the pepper market. And we're wondering how... You see if I sneak those in? Food and yeah. late night. Got uh, it. So they're wondering how late the transportation system runs so that we can use it to get back to the hotel. Thanks for your help. Keep up the fantastic work you do. The podcast really keeps me going at work and it's getting us so excited for a trip later on this year. Best wishes, Claire and Colin Eastall. So... Claire and Colin, uh, you're right to use Disney transportation because it is, for the most part, always available and it's free and it can get you anywhere you need to go. When you are thinking about using Disney transportation, keep in mind the park closing times uh, as you're traveling to and from the resorts. Uh, for Generally speaking, uh, the buses will run probably about an hour to an hour and a half before park opening and around an hour to an hour and a half after park closing as well too so if it's a night where the park closes at midnight chances are you'll have transportation up to about 1 1 30 the other thing to keep in mind too is no matter where you are whether it's a resort or uh downtown disney wherever it may be taxi cabs are always available it probably would run you 
12 to $15 maybe max to get from one place to another on property. So that option is always there if for some reason. You'll never be stranded. And if so, just right. ask Bob. Tell Bob that Lou said you would drive them. He would drive you home. So <laughs> That'll go over well. <laughs> I'm only kidding. Don't tell. I mean, tell Bob I said hi, but there you go. he probably would drive you home, though. Because he'll remember your name. You know that. He'll remember your name next time you go. It's a great show. And and you're very right. A lot of people are a little timid about transportation. But like you said, just keep an eye on the park hours. And there are always cabs and taxis available. And so many people do forget about that. So you're right on the money. Awesome. Next question comes from Robert and Randy. And they said, hey, Lou and Becky. Wow. Hmm. Thank you. My wife and I are planning a belated, a lot of anniversaries. See, I know. Walt Disney World, not just the number one vacation destination in the world, number one honeymoon destination, spring break, anniversary, Groundhog Day, whatever it may be. A belated <laughs> anniversary trip to the world. They're going to be there for five and a half days, the coming Friday afternoon, checking out on Thursday morning. Every time my wife and I go down to Walt Disney World, we, we, we make reservations. You can tell I'm getting excited because it's going to dining for a restaurant <laughs> we've never eaten at. I love you guys already. As we want to try everything Disney has to offer. So here is where you come in. We're hoping for a recommendation on where to eat. I'm smiling this time, but there are a few restrictions. All right. Take notes, Becky. It cannot be any of the following restaurants. Jico, California Grill, Dang. Ohana, Yachtsman, Portobello, or Artist Point. Love Artist Point. It can be, it can only be at any of the resorts or Magic Kingdom. Our schedule only allows us Friday night or Wednesday while at the Magic Kingdom to make the reservation. If possible, no restaurants that primarily feature seafood. My wife and I aren't entirely opposed to seafood courses but they aren't our first choice. Keep it going. Something else. And while this may sound weird, character dining is not preferred. It's not weird at all. I dine with Becky all the time, and it, she's a character in herself. While we enjoy getting FaceTime wow. with the characters, if I have a plate of food in front of me, it's all about getting my grub on. Other than that, <laughs> any recommendations are welcomed, especially if they include a trip to beaches and cream afterwards. Oh, my God. I have such a night planned for you guys. Hopefully <laughs> your combined love for all things Disney and all things food can recommend a great place. Thanks in advance, Robert and Randy. Becky, Years. this yeah. I am so in my element here. Uh, just sit back. I'm, should I, should I not say anything? Just don't I, say I have. All right, go. No, I'm sure. I know listen, three things you're going to say already. Right. So I'm sure there's some overlap between ones that are uh, on probably both of our lists. So there was one that instantly jumped to the top, which you know is my favorite restaurant on property, which is Blue Zoo at the Dolphin. But it is primarily a seafood restaurant. Uh, I think even if you are not a seafood fan like Becky, uh, there is wonderful food there. I love the atmosphere. Great cocktails, great appetizers, but I'll knock that out. What I will say, though, is in that same area is to go to Shula's. So you go to Shula's for, an ex I think without question, the best steak on property, uh, also located at the Walt Disney World Dolphin. So if you're staying, especially if you're at some place like the Boardwalk or the Yacht and Beach Club, you can take a nice stroll over uh, to Shula's. You can have a cocktail in the bar ahead of time, have a nice dinner. And then as much as I recommend the desserts there, you can still go over to Beaches and Cream afterwards, right? To, to end it off with a No Way Jose. 
Also over there, Il Molino. If you're interested in some uh, excellent Italian food, I like Il Molino over at the Swan. Uh, Boma, because you said um, you Gico was out, so I said maybe try Boma over at the uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom. Citrico's, Narcusi's, Turf Club. Did I mention every restaurant on property yet? I, th- yeah, wow. that's pretty much. <laughs> and take those pills. <laughs> you see, the sad part is, is you were reading those rules, and I was writing, and I said he is going to say Blue Zoo. And my second thing was Shula's was the thing that came to mind because when he said not seafood, you're right. I'm not the biggest seafood fan for the exception of a nicely grilled ahi tuna. Um, The beef, it's all about the meat. And Shula's does have a fantastic steak, so I do agree with you there. Citrico's is also a very nice place to dine. It has a lot of of options for more of the uh, upscale dining options. Um, So I agree with you there as well. Blue Zoo? I know I am because I, I do enjoy Blue Zoo. I think that is a fantastic place. And of course, again, where can you find a cocktail that's infused with bubble gum? <laughs> I mean, you, you can't, you, you just, you have to try it, right? So yeah, that's on the list as well. But Shula's and Blue Zoo and Citrico's were the three that, that I mainly hit in my head. Yeah, and I'm sure there's places that we miss too. So if anybody else who's listening has another recommendation, please come by and put that in the show notes as well too. Becky, I, I promise you, I'm not trying to front load these with dining questions, but we do have a question from Taylor about dining, a little bit different though. He says, okay. Lou, and again, and Becky, question mark, my wife and I are about a month out from taking a vacation to Disneyland. Neither of us, of us have been there since we were very young kids as we're actually Walt Disney World people, we're excited to see what the West Coast parks have to offer. Buena Vista Street, Cars Land, Corn Dog, that's all you need to know. In preparation for the trip, I went back and re-listened to your episode on why every Walt Disney World fan needs to visit Disneyland. I think episode 53 or 58. So I was glad to get a hint of what's in store for us. My question that you didn't really get a chance to cover on that show is what sit-down or quick-service restaurants do you recommend at Disneyland, DCA, or the resorts? In the show, you talked about visiting Club 33, and while we would obviously love to get there, I don't think we have any connections to get us in. Now that you've been to California a few more times since that original show, do you have any other favorite restaurants, quick-service or table-service, that you love? I feel like I know everything about Walt Disney World dining thanks to your show, but haven't found a resource like the show for Disneyland. Hope you can help me out, especially since I know you're currently in California. (laughs) I would love (laughs) to hear another whole show devoted to Disneyland. I promise it's coming. Since about three years, since the first one, thanks for all you do. Look forward to the next show as always, Taylor. So, Becky, again, right up our alley, having just returned uh, from Disneyland uh, a couple times in the last couple of months. So he's really looking for great sit-down, quick-service restaurants. And this is something that I think Disneyland really excels in. I think there are such great options at Disneyland, DCA, and yes, even the resorts as well, too. We got we have many similar questions like this. I know Katie Mason, also from the UK, was asking about this as well as far as can't-miss restaurants or quick-service restaurants. So I know the, the, the quick gut-check answer is to say cozy cone because everything tastes better in a cone, but what are some of, the, of your favorite, especially having been there a lot lately, some of your favorite quick service restaurants at Disneyland, maybe a quick service one and a sit down restaurant as well too. 
well, I can't just say one and one. <laughs> That's not going to work. What are you, Lou um, Yeah, pretty much. When I, I've been hanging around with you too much, apparently. On the quick service, you know what? I really love, and it's kind of a sit down, but it's kind of quick at the same time, Cafe Orleans in Disneyland. I really, really do love the atmosphere there. And, of course, you get a Monte Cristo, which is so good. Those things are so addictive. I love that location. I also, for a couple of quick service over at California Adventure, um, the Pacific Wharf and those sourdough bread bowls. Oh, my gosh. That whole area that's over in the Pacific Wharf. And you can go, you can go to Girardelli and get a sundae. And then you can run over and get a sourdough bread bowl full of yummy clam chowder. And then go back and have another sundae <laughs> because wow. they're right across from each other. Those are a couple of my very favorite spots for, for quick service. Now, for sit-down, personally, I... I will say I am somewhat in love with Carthay Circle yeah. uh, Theater. I think that that is a really wonderful addition to that um, to that park and to the Disneyland Resort in general. Uh, both, of course, the restaurant, which serves lunch and dinner, but they also have, yes, I know, don't roll your eyes, they have a lounge that serves as a wonderful menu as well um, for, for Quick Bites, which I, I think that place is phenomenal. Another one that's like a hidden gem to me that a lot of people kind of overlook is Steakhouse 55 over yeah. at the Disneyland Hotel. I think they have one of the best breakfasts on property. Even It's not a character breakfast, but it's one of those great little sit down, have a nice breakfast location. And of course at night their steaks are fantastic. And I know Napa Rose gets a lot of, um, uh, a, a lot of comments and they have a lot of fans as well. I like Napa Rose prefer steakhouse 55 in, in my opinion. Um, and then last but not least, well, real quick, I think steakhouse 55 also yeah. feels like old school Disneyland. I don't know yeah. how else to sort of describe it. It's old Hollywood. It really feels old Hollywood when you go in there with um, with the dark colors and the big booths and all of the pictures. And, and you remember old Hollywood when it was current Hollywood. So it's it's very well, nostalgic for you. <laughs> I, uh, don't, uh, I'll get you. So, move on. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to move on. Catal is another yeah, one that yeah. I really love, which is in downtown Disney. And the neat thing um, for you East Coasters who haven't made the trek over to uh, to California is downtown Disney. You don't have to take a bus to get there. You walk out of the resort and it's right there. You go through downtown Disney to get to the parks, literally. So um, you can walk out of Disneyland, go to lunch into downtown Disney and get back to Disneyland. It's a really simple uh, location to get around. Um, another Storyteller Cafe, I'm just going to go down the list in my head, is great, which is at the Grand Californian. They do have a, a character breakfast which is phenomenal, but they have like a four cheese um, ravioli, which is incredible for lunch and dinner. Um, and then Tortilla Joe's too, which is uh, a Mexican restaurant in downtown Disney, which is fantastic. And you could make your own guacamole and it's, it's pretty cool. And I love the, um, the choices and options that are on both their lunch and dinner menu as well. Well, I did a great job of helping him narrow that down by mentioning 76 <laughs> restaurants, which is good. And that's, I know that's pot calling the kettle black. So yeah, I'm exactly. going to try, try my best to give you my top three table service and quick service restaurants. And there are, and it's, it, this is not exclusive of anything because look at me. This body comes naturally. I, I worked on this. Uh, I love every, I, you know, there's a lot of places I really like out in California. And I, I know 
you know, I kid around about Cozy Cone. I think it's true, but I think one of the best quick service restaurants is actually Flo's V8 Cafe. I think it's very cool, retro, especially at night with the neon. And like a lot of restaurants in Disneyland that are quick service, you are served food on not paper plates, but real silverware. But they've got things that I think aren't necessarily considered quick service theme park food, like New York Strip or Pork Loin that has like this Coca-Cola barbecue sauce, which is very, very cool. And it's a great environment. So I really like, um, I like Flo's VA Cafe a lot uh, as far as one of my favorite quick service restaurants. Um, I think the Riverbell Terrace is also one that I like too out in Disneyland. We joke half jokingly about the Red Wagon Corn Dogs, but there is something special about a corn dog in Disneyland on uh, on Main Street USA. Um, yeah, and the French good. Market. I-, I like the French Market a lot too mm-hmm. for counter service. For uh, table service, I very much agree with you. Steakhouse 55 was one that jumped right up to me. I think Blue Bayou is the quintessential must-do right. Disneyland sit-down restaurant. It has a sort of Cajun Creole flavor, but you're inside Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes, you've got the Monte Cristo. The short ribs are just, they're decadent. Um, I, I can't seem to get away from ordering ordering those every single time I go. I'm sure there's other great stuff on the menu, but when you have a winner like that, I can't keep but, uh, but keep going <laughs> back to it. Um if I have to just mention one more because I'm only mentioning three, um, I'll try and you know what I'll do. I'll go to, to downtown Disney just to be different. And I'll say, you know, I like Ralph Brennan's Jazz Kitchen. I've eaten there Ooh. a number of times and I really like um, and I do like the Jazz Kitchen there as well, too. So. The other place I, I'm going to throw it out there, but I totally love it is the the new um, area over in DCA, the uh, the not the boardwalk area, but it's on the side of the boardwalk area. Please help me here because I can't remember what oh, is the, it Paradise the, Garden? The para- right, right, right. Paradise Garden. Yep. Yeah. The grill. And they have so many great options over there and a lot of seating available. You can get everything from salads to beef skewers to pizza to pasta. Um, a, a lot of healthy choices there as well. So I, I think that that's one of the, the better locations um, for a quick service too. What I like about that is it's sort of a build your own skewer. So you pick your meat, you know, chicken, steak or, or beef, or there's a, a vegetarian option as well too. Then you pick the different types of sauces, like there's a tandoori sauce or a tzatziki sauce, and you get a lot of food there too. I thought, I thought when we ate there last time, I felt like it was a, a good value because it came like with rice and pita bread and... It was like either a Greek salad or a, a, a cucumber yeah, salad, something like that. Yeah, so it was, Greek I, salad. I really like that a lot. Uh, I think that's a great option as well, too. And that's what I really like. The moral of the story is what I like about Disneyland is depending on where you go, there's a wide variety of dining options. So, you know, you can only get Bengal barbecue in Adventureland. You can only get the gumbo in a bread bowl in New Orleans Square. And I like having merchandise and food that is location and destination specific out in Disneyland. So I totally agree. And and all the detail that we have about Disneyland, does it say something about maybe we're eating too much in Disneyland? <laughs> There's no you cannot eat too much. You cannot eat too much. Well, until you yeah. right. Keep yeah. bringing me food until I pass out and then just slow down how quickly you keep bringing me out food. All right. Um Lynn Barron writes and says, "Hey Lou, I've already written to you a few times, but to thank but to thank you for all the hard work that you do and to tell you how much I love the show, but I have another question for you. I've been looking for a good book on Walt Disney World, and it seems like there are several books, 
but you can't find a general history book of Walt Disney World with older photos and newer photos. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the book Disneyland The Nickel Tour, one of, if not the very best, but it is a very good book on Disneyland history with lots of photos, lots to learn and read. Is there a book on Walt Disney World that covers all the resorts and the history? I have, and this is the one I was going to mention, Since the World Began by Jeff Curdy. It, it's, uh, it's, it's a little bit older. It came out, I think, in 96. Love that book, but she's looking for more. Do I have any suggestions? Also, am I going to have an app for Android? Oh, and one other thing. I've listened to all your shows now, and I've only been to Walt Disney World once in 1999. I feel educated on vacationing there for next time because of your show. Thank you. A woman I work with knows I listen to Disney podcasts and asked me to help her with her Walt Disney World trip in March. So I'm excited to do that. Thank you again, Lynn Barrow. Lynn, thank you for all the kind words about the show. Uh, Quick answer to a quick question first. I am in the process of completely redoing the WDW Radio free podcast app, not only for iOS, but there will be an Android version as well, too. Give you quick ass- access to everything, including the podcast and the blog and the videos and a couple of little surprises as more, too. As far as books are concerned, in the past on the show, we've covered uh, some of my favorite books. And I think I need to do this again because there are so many great books out there. There is no sort of Bible, as it were, of Walt Disney World history, like Disneyland The Nickel Tour. I think the Imagineering Field Guides to Walt Disney World are great pocket-sized books put out by the Disney Imagineers, really give you a sense of some history, a lot of details, a lot of stories as well, too. What I will do, though, is I have a list of some of my favorite books on a page on the website. If you visit the resources page over at wdwradio.com slash resources, you'll find a list there and a description of some of my favorite books. I need to revisit that list because as I'm looking over to my left at my very messy, disorganized book uh, bookshelves of Disney books, there are so many. And if you are an avid Disney book collector, um, there are countless books. And, and the, the new book that came out, the... Um, the poster art from the Disney parks is, is simply beautiful as well. If you're looking for a, a visually beautiful book of the posters, that's one I have to add to that list as well, too. I'll, I'll wait for you to make your list so I can just turn around and say, here's my Christmas list. Okay, just so you know, that, that was your opening to say, and you know, Lou, I also recommend the Walt Disney World trivia books, by, but thanks for not. not wow. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got you on the tour at least. Oh, Come on. Listen, all right, let's move Give on to... A question from Cammy, who is Snowcinder82 in the WDW Radio Forums. Great place to meet and chat with other Disney friends. Hey, Lou, long-time listener, first-time emailer. I have the joy of listening to my iPod all day at my job, so I listen to your podcast a lot. I hope you don't have a job where you need to be listening to other things as well, too. I've recently been listening to older podcasts and noticed the background music on on several episodes is... I'm traveling far into the forest, she says, but is from The Last Starfighter. Love that movie. I'm going to totally 80s geek out now. Stupid question. Did you mean to put that in a list in a list of uh, of Epcot segments? Side note, my husband was so proud. I knew the music, but I'll never admit my geekiness uh, for other than Disney. It's okay, Cammy. Embrace your inner geek. Where did I get that music? Was it from iTunes or do I own it on CD or Gasp? On cassette. Sorry for the long-winded question. Thanks for, um, thank you in advance for answering. P.S. I'll be embarrassed if you have no clue what I'm talking about. Cammy, don't be embarrassed because that's an awesome question. Big, geeky, 80s, leather Michael Jackson 
Cavaricci wearing thumbs up to you because that there is music from The Last Starfighter. Becky, you, of course, know the entire plot of The Last Starfighter and have it on Blu-ray, don't you? <laughs> what is this Inter- Last Starfighter? <laughs> Inter-cricket sounds here. Yeah. We're going to have movie night. It's not a Disney I'm Googling movie, it. but it, it's I'm, awesome. I'm Googling it. But yeah, you... Um, there's actually a lot of background music from non-Disney films in Epcot and especially at Disney's Hollywood Studios and in all the parks, really. In all the parks, you will find background music that is not specifically Disney. Now, the move, the uh, area in Walt Disney World where The Last Starfighter actually does play is over at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Think about it. It's a studio that celebrates movies and TV. And there is this... Um, this background loop that plays and you can be a total geek like me and sit by a speaker with your recorder for a couple of hours one day and record and try and identify all those songs. But if you listen really carefully, and this does change from time to time, so these may not, uh, by the time you hear this, this may not be as part of the loop, but you would hear music, especially down Commissary Lane, from things like Rocky, Chariots of Fire, Towering Inferno, Silverado, the theme from Dallas. I almost did my... Who did she, JR? (laughs) Superman, Magnificent Seven, um, Star Wars, Amazing Stories. Steven Spielberg loved Amazing Stories. Indiana Jones, Capricorn One. And yes, you also can hear music from The Last Starfighter um, in Epcot over by the Illuminations Fountain, uh, the Interventions, I'm sorry, the Interventions Fountain, you'll hear music from The Last Starfighter. Now, you can buy this not on any Disney CD, but chances are a lot of this music you can find uh, in iTunes or on Amazon as well. And Becky, okay. you're still Googling, you're still Googling <laughs> Last Starfighter. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. I was I was busy in the 80s. Doing what? I was, what? <laughs> <laughs> Alex Rogan? You don't remember Alex and the Who? girl from Night of the Comet? No. What? No. What are you talking about? Robert Preston was in it. Centauri? Who? No. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Can we go back to Star Wars? Can we Sorry. please go back to Star Wars? I know. Hey, listen, I can't even get you to watch enough Disney movies, let alone non-Disney movies. So, All right. He's promising that movie night. Just saying. Julie in Chicago says... Hey, Lou, in the last few months, I've become a regular listener of your show. Thanks so much for making my drives to and from work so much more enjoyable. Thank you, Julie, for taking the time to listen. I, ha- I too, have a couple of questions on Walt Disney World music. I'm addicted to park background and ride music, and I always enjoy hearing the classics during your show's opening and in the background of the shows. That, quick aside, that's one of my favorite things to do is coming up with the radio tunes at the beginning of the show and hoping that you guys can identify where they come from. How and where did you come across all this music? I've purchased some of the official CDs, but I'm always on the lookout for new songs to add to my catalog. As per the past question, some of these songs aren't necessarily Disney songs. They come from other places as well, or you need to sit by a speaker. Also, the last time I visited Disney's Animal Kingdom, I was able to catch the Finding Nemo musical and loved it. However, there does not seem to be a soundtrack available to purchase in the parks, or maybe I missed it. Do you know... If that one is available for purchase. Thanks again, Julie. So, Julie, quick story. Uh, the first time I saw Finding Nemo the musical, I remember queuing up for it and saying to myself, how are they possibly going to turn a non-musical animated film into a musical Broadway-type stage show? I answered that question 
by coming out and doing something which I never do, which is I ran to the kiosk and I bought the CD. I Listen, as evidenced by the previous question, the only music that's on my iPhone is 80s music and Disney music. But I was so impressed, and Becky, I know you can't relate to this, but I was actually moved by the music from Finding Nemo that I went out and I bought the CD. And I will tell you that as my son Nicholas was growing up, that was the CD that we played to him every night before he went to sleep. That he asked for, and because we played it every night, and love that music. And if you are a parent of a child, uh, the music from that film will totally tear at your heartstrings. And if you want to purchase it, I have a link. If you visit wdwradio.com slash Finding Nemo, that'll take you right to the iTunes store and you can purchase it there. Much like how fast you were off like a shot to get the Cars Land one. Yes. Well, I yeah. thought you were going to say the, the chili at the Cozy Cone <laughs> and then run over to Ramon's to get the Cars Land seat. Well, I was, I was trying to give you an out there, you know, it's just okay. about I've music embraced, first. I've embraced my inner fluffy person. All right. So, Becky, we're running long on time. We got one more question that I want to end off this week with, and it, it is from Frank. And he says, hey, Lou, love the podcast. I was just wondering if you have any idea if Disney plans on making a channel for us, quote unquote, older people. He's only 36 years old. Now I feel old. I miss the shows like the Ink and Paint Club, Masterpiece Theater, and of course, Vault Disney. Don't we all? Why has Disney forgotten about us? I don't think they have, but we'll come back to that. I do love that my kids enjoy all the Disney shows, but why does Hannah Montana or Wizards of Waverly Place need to be on at 10 o'clock at night? Isn't this just encouraging kids to stay up late? We need a channel for us. I want to hear your thoughts on all this. Keep up the great work. Thanks. So, Becky, this is an interesting question about the Disney Channel and maybe a Disney Channel for us, as Frank puts it, us older folks. Now, I will say that Disney has not just Disney Channel, but they've got Disney XD. And I think there's a lot of programming on there that isn't just for kids, whether it's Tron Uprising, uh, Ultimate Spider-Man. My new favorite show on TV is Gravity Falls. It is an animated show. It's on Fridays usually. It's like Scooby-Doo meets Lost for a new generation. It's fun. My kids love it. But there's a, it's like Muppets in that there's sometimes there's a couple of in-jokes that there's nothing wrong with, but it definitely has uh, an almost um, a secondary meaning to it. But I think it's, it's well-written. It's very fun. And because of that sort of adventurous type of Scooby-Doo type thing, I'm able to watch it with my kids and without my kids as well, too. But that being said... What about sort of a, a Disney channel with some of those other shows like Masterpiece Theater and Vault Disney? The shows that I remember and that I miss and that I would love to see come back is something like Walt Disney World Inside Out, right? It was J.D. Roth and Brianne Leary and George Foreman. I had J.D. Roth on the show uh, a couple of years ago. I'll link to it in the show notes who was the host of that show. And it was where they took you to Walt Disney World and had um, – a very fun type of variety show almost that took place right at the parks. That is something that I think is missing and I would love to see come back a, a show themed towards coverage of the Disney parks, right? Almost like, you know, a, a video podcast that they could put out on there every week. I think it would be a great way to showcase what is new 
not just for kids, but for adults as well, too, who maybe, you know, don't spend a lot of time online or where they come home from work and they just sit down in front of the TV, maybe don't get to download a podcast or visit a YouTube channel or go to the Disney Parks blog. Ideally, I would love to see something like, and certainly it could not uh, replace it, it could not take the place, but something like the wonderful world of Disney, right? Something that Mm. a weekly show that would cover literally the world of Disney. Uh, You know, that's how so many of us were introduced and grew up with Uncle Walt on Sunday nights. And then eventually, as the show continued to progress, Sunday night was family night around the TV. And, And there was that show that, like Walt wanted for Disneyland, the entire family could watch and enjoy together. So, you know, maybe a show that would cover all the things that are happening in the world of Disney, maybe a little sort of variety show, like a Carol Burnett meets Sonny and Cher meets <laughs> Captain Antoniel meets Laughing, family-friendly show on Disney XD or one of the Disney channels. That would be so cool, wouldn't it? And, and you just brought back a whole flood of memories and we were just talking about sitting around on Sunday night with your family and watching the, the world of Disney. That's That was my childhood as well. Uh, of course, some of these shows, I will admit, we've already established that in the 80s and 90s, I was a little busy. So I am not really familiar with some of them, but I do catch a lot of the movies that are on the Disney Channel and love having a good Disney classic movie in the background obviously while I work, but it was only recently, and you're going to kill me when I say this, you're going to roll your eyes, everybody picture him rolling his eyes in three, two, one. I only recently saw Phineas and Ferb and like Justin and Hallie on the ship <laughs> last time I sailed. So uh, yeah, if you could find some variety type show or something that introduces people or brings the magic into people's living rooms again that are not only for the kids, but for families to watch, that really would be pretty incredible, wouldn't it? Yeah, and look, think about things like Samantha Brown and her Great Hotel series and some of the Travel Channel specials that we've seen. Mm -hmm. We love, look, we're hungry for that kind of content. We would love to see things about Adventures by Disney and the Disney Cruise Line and what's going on in California. And hey, let's take us out to Tokyo. Let's see what, give us a taste of what's happening in Tokyo. Wet our whistle. So maybe we we would think about going out to one of those places that we don't know a lot about what's happening about. So that's my question of the week. That's the question for those of you who are listening, assuming that you would like to see some additional programming on the Disney Channel or Disney XD, like that we've talked about, what would be on it? What would you like to see? What kind of shows would you like to see be added to the Disney lineup? You know, is it on Disney XD? Is it ABC? You know, do you put it on something like ABC or does it stay on one of the Disney branded channels? I would love to hear your thoughts about the channels, the programming, what you'd like to see or what you'd like to see even brought back, uh, sort of updated for 2012 and beyond. Please come by the website at www.radio.com. Click on the podcast tab and the show notes for this week. You just click on that week's show. There you can leave a comment there. I'd love to keep this conversation going. I'll definitely comment there as well, too. Speaking of Disney World, Disneyland, Adventures by Disney, Disney Cruise Line and practically anywhere else that they serve food and or have concierge service on the planet. Becky and her team from MEI and Mouse Fan Travel will get you there in style and on a budget, all at no additional cost to you. That's the good stuff, but with awesome service as well. That's your hallmark, Becky, and the free hugs that you and your agents give out. You know, the free hugs are the big, that's the that's That's the, that's right the, there. That's the that's center the right there. Exactly. And I feel bad We're for those agents hugs. that don't listen 
And all of a sudden, like, um, can I get my free hug now, please? Like, what are you talking about? All of my agents <laughs> listen. Are you kidding me? Wow. You'll start getting emails. Oh, I'm not giving out free hugs. You know? <laughs> it's, it's now a prerequisite for joining. You might not MEI get the free Mouse hugs, but you will get, uh, you, uh, you will get great service and the discounts all at no additional cost to you. Exactly. <laughs> so That's what we're here for. And you'll also get Becky Mankin coming back to answer more listener email questions. Chances are you'll be on a food review sometime in the very near future as well, too. So thank you very much for your help and your insight and your self-deprecation admission <laughs> that you have never seen a movie from the 80s. Folk. That I'm somewhat forced. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. What can I say? Okay. Thanks. Uh-huh. But listen, you knocked it out of the park <laughs> by mentioning every restaurant in Disneyland property. So thank you. I know that wasn't bad, was it? I kind of kind of hit that. But of course, we had to visit every one of them for me to remember it. So that was a long week. I think you just missed Rancho de Zocalo. I didn't like Zocalo. <laughs> but just remember, all the stuff that you've now promised to put on your utility belt for the whole 5K. Let's see. Remember. If, can I carry corn dogs? Can I bring corn dogs? Red vines. Butterfinger cupcakes. Dory. Wow. <laughs> Come on. For me. Do it for me. Do it for your buddy. The Royal Street Veranda. <sighs> what? The Hungry Bear. Now I'm thinking about other restaurants in Disneyland. Oh, Hungry Bear is good. <laughs> Love the Hungry Bear. Uh, Hot sure. Cinnamon rolls. Mint juleps. Forgot about mint juleps. Monte Cristo sandwiches. Those are the ones. It's time for the Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I ask you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history, details, trivia, maybe see if you can identify a line or a clip from an attraction for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's question, and select our winner. So last week, I had the pleasure of sitting down and chatting with Disney Imagineer Jason Grant, and we talked a lot about Jason's early love for Tomorrowland and Epcot Center, And if you listen to the show, you know I have a love for early Epcot as well, too, including simple things like some of the views that you could get from some very unique locations, specifically from the second floor of the large store that eventually became Mouse Gear. And so the question for you last week was to identify the name of the original store which occupied the space where Mouse Gear now resides. And the few hundred of you that answered and entered this week's contest are obviously early Epcot Center fans as well, because pretty much all of you got that the original name was the Centurium. It was located inside Communicore, even after Communicore became Innoventions, but then in 1999 it closed down and eventually became Mouse Gear. It went from a two-level store to a one-level store, but if you remember back, or I'll post a picture in this week's show notes, you can visit that at www.radio.com slash 292. You'll get a sense of that sort of 70s, 80s disco look and all the mirrors on the wall that this shop had. Really one of my favorite places to shop there when I was a kid. Again, too bad you can't get up to that second floor anymore via the stairs or the elevator, but I will post a picture in this week's show notes. But our winner, uh, who was randomly selected from all of the correct entries, who's played for all six of my audio walking tours of Walt Disney World, 
a WW Radio luggage tag, button, and a vinylmation is Erica Nash. So, Erica, congratulations. Send me your information. I'll get your prize package out to you right away. If you didn't win last week, that's okay, because here is this week's Walt Disney World trivia question, sort of, of the week. So, for this week's contest, I'm going to ask you to challenge yourself not about how much you know about or remember about Walt Disney World, but how well you listen. Because this week, I want you to identify where in Walt Disney World you may have heard a number of sound clips from the parks. And I know you've heard them all because you heard them during the radio tune at the top of the show. To make it easy for you, here they are once again. Welcome to the International Space Training Center. You're here today to train for the greatest adventure in the history of mankind, the exploration of deep space. Did you remember to turn off those robots? Hey there, big fella. Hey, nice hat. <laughs> so, where are you from? It is my job to protect all the animals of this reserve. That is why I ask you, all of you, to please join us in our battle against poaching. Quamacho, Quawajangili. Ladies and gentlemen, Cosmic Ray is proud to present the biggest little star in the galaxy. Direct from Unork City on the planet Zork, put your hands together for... And so all you need to do is identify, in order, where in Walt Disney World those sound clips are from. You can email your answer to contest at www.radio.com. You have until 11.59 on Sunday, September 23rd, to get your answers in. Again, you'll be playing for the audio tours of Walt Disney World WW Radio luggage tag button and I'm also going to throw in a special Chippendale Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom card which you can only get during Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party. Again, you have until Sunday, September 23rd. Contest at www.radio.com Good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks again for taking the time and tuning in this and every week. And thank you so much for letting me share my passion for Disney with you. A couple of quick announcements. The weekend of September 28th, so much going on that weekend. We're kicking it off on Friday night with our WW Radio e-ticket event, our evening at the American Adventures Club. That event is almost sold out. We also have the meet of the month on Saturday the 29th, also outside the American Adventure Pavilion in Epcot. Saturday night, we've got the Tower of Terror, 10-mile race. All day Sunday, we'll be at D23's Epcot 30th anniversary events. And then Monday, October 1st, we'll be back in Epcot doing a live broadcast. Also going to have some special announcements uh, going on there as well, too. And don't forget the entire weekend from Friday to Sunday, we have our annual uh, charity auction to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. We have a ton of Disney items, collectibles, merchandise, one-of-a-kind things you cannot find anywhere else, and lots of great experiences as well, too. And all that money goes to benefit Make-A-Wish. Stay tuned to the blog over at www.radio.com as well as Twitter. I'm at Lou Mangiello and Facebook.com slash Lou Mangiello for more information. To learn more about these and all the other upcoming events we have going on, check out www.radio.com and click on the events tab. Be sure and also tune in every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern over at www.radiolive.com. We do a live video broadcast and chat interactive with you about this week's Walt Disney World news. You can also catch it after the show in iTunes, on the blog, and on our YouTube channel. Please go by and subscribe, youtube.com slash www.radio as well. 
Quick thanks to my partners and sponsors, of course, Mouse Fan Travel. You can check them out over at mousefantravel.com. All-Star Vacation Homes has more than 150 homes within just a couple of miles of Walt Disney World. Great chance to bring the whole family stay in one home from two bedrooms to eight bedrooms. You can visit them over at allstarvacationhomes.com. You want a little bit of Disney magic delivered right to your door? Celebrations Magazine is available in print and on your iPad. You can check them out over at celebrationspress.com. And with the Food and Wine Festival coming up in just a couple of weeks, I highly recommend you check out the Disney Food Blog Mini Guide to the Epcot Food and Wine Festival. When you check out over at dfbguide.com, use code WDWRadio to save off the the, uh, downloadable book. Great way to prepare and have something on your phone or on your tablet as you're walking around the Food and Wine Festival as well. As I said, don't forget to come by the site over at www.radio.com. We have lots of great blog posts every day. You can also subscribe to the blog, have it delivered every morning right into your inbox. We have a newsletter, videos, contests, self-shot Tuesdays. Take a self-shot photo from the Disney parks on your phone or your camera. Send it in. We'll feature it on self-shot Tuesdays. Lots more that I've been working on, lots more that I'm really excited to share with you, some of which I'm going to do on October 1st during our live broadcast. And as always, my friends, and you are my friends, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening or share links on Facebook or Pinterest or Google+, other Disney discussion forums, wherever it is that you call home. And please come by, rate and review the show over in iTunes very very helpful you'll find a link to itunes where you can do that uh, in this week's show notes and finally and most importantly i want to thank all of you who came out to the central florida bloggers conference this past week uh, where i did my keynote presentation there all of you who have been following me on twitter and subscribing to the page on facebook and who have had a chance to meet uh in real 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 life right i think nothing beats a handshake and a hug and i hope that your dreams from yesterday are your reality today Attitude is everything, so be positive and go make great things happen and always keep moving forward. Thank you again so much for listening. Have a great week, everybody. See ya. Hi, Lou. It's Justin from New York. Now, living here in Windermere, you may know me as G-Man 410, and I really am having a blast right next door almost to Walt Disney World. And I just finished and I just watched show number 288, which was the Hidden Treasures of Epcot's Future World. And I completely enjoyed the Hidden Treasures and about you and Ryan saying about the Innoventions Plaza of the Fountain of Nations. Well, actually, if you listen, if you listen very closely, Lou, Listen very closely to the Fountain of Nations because standing in motion, Yanni, who plays it, is actually two songs from the version of standing in motion. So it's not just standing in motion, it's both a crawly and standing in motion. Hi, Lou. This is Tony from Illinois, also known as Backside of Water in the Box. And I'm here in Florida on business. But I managed to get in a day at Disney's Hollywood Studios, and it was amazing. I got used as an extra in the backlot tour at Indiana Jones, and the best part of all was I finally got to try the new Star Tours, and we got the pod racing scene my very first time on the ride.
I couldn't believe it. I thought the pop racing scene was the hardest to get. There it was, right in front of my face. Only thing that could have made it better is if I was the rebel spy, too. I'll have to keep trying on that one. And I hope to see you on Wednesday when I attempt to escape the box. Bye. You got a friend in me. You got a friend in me.